podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That Perfect Package is the number one recommended gift all year long, and with Father's Day around the corner, might be a great option for you to use for him. It comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0, a water-resistant cordless body trimmer, and a ton of liquid formations, including anti-shave deodorant and toner, to do everything you you need in your manscaping routine has the best ingredients to treat you to the best experience that there is and it takes care of everything at a great price you can head on over to manscaped.com and use code dnvr20 to get 20 percent off and free shipping when you order and everything will come in an amazing carrying case as well and cole gets another good righty and another right by cole a left by cole this time Tipped in front by Mika Rantanen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Call JT Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my go-to shop for Breckenridge Brewery and any other alcohol I might need. I'm Ruto. Joining me as always is AJ Hayfleet for another episode and on today's show, we talked about the breakouts, and we wanted to get into a bit of a different conversation, although we will hit on at least one of the same players. The Avs are going to have a lot of work to do in a short amount of time when it comes to whatever this offseason may look like. And there are hierarchies to everything. So we wanted to look at what are the most important contracts that the abs need to get done this off season or really <clears throat> extending that conversation to over the next two years, to be yeah. honest, really just which are the most con most important contract negotiations for them to have. Yep. So should we start with the, uh, should we start with the big gun or should we start on the small side here? Uh, let's start with the guy we talked about yesterday. All right. Andre Burakovsky. We've had the conversation before. I'm on the record saying give him six and a half million. Granted, as we are starting to learn more about the cap situation, that seems less and less likely to be a realistic price on the high side. Uh, given that it sounds like the next couple of years, the cap is likely going to stay flat. And with Seattle coming in, you never know. But when you're paying for this player, which is going to be an Andre Burakovsky that has never had a 50 point season mm -hmm. in his career. Six and a half million is just too much. First of all. And secondly, why is he so important? So when Colorado was in last off season, when Colorado was looking to evolve beyond the moniker of a one line team, how do you do that? What's the goal? I mean, you have if that. you're GM, Ruto, if you're if you're the GM, 
what's your goal? What are you trying to get? How do you how do you do that? Like, what are you trying to do? Who are you? Who are you trying to go get to be more than that? A top six players. Okay, well, what are top six players like? What in your eyes? I'm not. I'm not trying to like. Let's say fifty point players. Okay, fifty point players. And for up. me, for me, I'm starting at twenty goal scores. Okay, I want guys who put the puck in the net. Definitely fair. And what they did is what they Colorado did is they went out and got Nazem Kadri, a guy yep. with plenty of twenty goal seasons on his record, but even a couple of thirty goal seasons. Yep, and then paid a premium for him, and then had an upside play in Andre Burakovsky. Who became a 20-goal scorer and would have been a 50-point player in a full season. In which they said, we believe this guy with an increased role could give could give us those 20 goals. Yep. They went from a one-line team to a team that had five, basically five 20-goal scores. Correct. And, and then, you know, Jonas Donskoy and JT Comber and like a whole bunch of guys who scored, you know, Valerie Nichushkin gave you 13, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But point is, is that they went and they they evolved in their top six. So with Burakovsky, he was important because if you just go and get Kadri and stop, then that second line center is incredibly important, transformational. Yep. In terms of how teams try and defend you and how they match up against you. Made Colorado much more dynamic. But you always need to give those guys horses, right? If if you have Crosby and Malkin one, two, it's less important to go and get those high-end wingers. To two help Hall you. of Famers makes life a little bit easier. <laughs> right. Uh Kadri, Kadri, a very, very good 2C. Look, Kadri, uh, even without horses, I have faith that Kadri can get the job done as a 2C, but you're not going to be getting consistency out of that second line, right? You're you, still you're still looking. Right. You teams are gonna look at that and go, look, all right, we stop the insane top line and we'll take our chances that Kadri doesn't have it tonight. Burakovsky makes life easier. Exactly. It it adds more of a consistent threat to the second line. It teams have to take the the second line seriously against the abs now every single night because it's not okay well we'll just deal with Kadri it's oh they have multiple 20 goal scorers on this line right so that's where we are with Burkowski's importance he's important yep um how important I, I I refer to him and I when I think about Burkowski I say he's kind of the offense's fifth banana when it comes at forward I would say that's accurate. And so that's where when you talk about paying a guy six and a half million dollars for one breakout season, um, that's where I'm iffy. Yeah. But before before we get into like the money, we need to talk about the cap. Yeah. That, that's because <laughs> salary cap, um, the expectation is that it will stay stay flat this year uh, under if everything goes well and they're able to do it, players are going to have a big old escrow chunk taken out. Yep. Uh, even bigger than normal. And 81.5 million is the expected number for next season. Plan for two seasons. Just to be safe. Plan for the 81.5 number to stay to, to stay in place for the next two years. If it ends up going up, awesome. Like more money helps. to play with in free agency. After. That helps. Right. You. Yeah. 
but plan for it to stay flat for two yep. seasons. Yep. Agreed. If that happens, do you consider a short-term contract with Burkowski? I do not. Why? I The Avs just spent far too many years in a row not able to fill out that forward depth, not able to get those extra pieces. And Burakovsky is the type of player at age 25 mm-hmm. that you can lock up long-term as a, well, a long-ish term for four years, five years, whatever, uh, as a piece of your top six and rely on him to be a consistent top six player for you. And okay. Five years, four or five years. We'll just we'll just assume four or five years is like sure. what we're talking about long term. If it gets into seven eight, I think you and I would both be like, um, yeah, that you're you're asking for trouble there. But for for me, uh, any contracts six years or more need to be foundational players, not complementary players. Found one foundational players, two like twenty three years and younger. <laughs> uh, um, we'll get there. Sure. Because we're about to have this conversation. I know. I know. So (laughs) we'll get there. (laughs) But with but with Burakovsky, I'm saying if you go short term, what does it cost you? In price? Yeah. Like let's talk about like what's what do you think the realistic difference would be for price? Because if you you give him if you give him a two year deal right now. And when I say short term, I'm not talking one year. I'm not playing no. with that. I'm not You're, trying to mess with that. He's he's gonna want to get to free agency on this deal. Like so I'm saying a two year deal here. Sure. Let's I, if it let's say two years, um he's making three point two five this year, given the year that he's had, but also given his track record is just the one year. Um let's say Let's say it comes in at four and a half million. That, uh, that's a, uh, the number I was thinking. I said the Avs probably start that at four, but four and a half is probably realistic. I would say, given the okay. forty-five points. Okay. Well, we both came up to the same number then, so yeah. let's just let's just use that first bit line. Fine. Here. Fine. Starting off point. Yeah. We're okay. So a two-year deal at four and a half million. He go. He next two years look very similar to this last one. He gives you twenty to twenty-five goals, and let's say in the range of forty-five to fifty-five points. Somewhere in there, and you're feeling good. You know who he is. He's comfortable. At that point, he's 25 right now. He Two years from now, the salary cap goes up. We don't know how much, but we'll just assume, hey, the Seattle expansion. It'll, money, whatever, it, yeah. it'll, go up, it'll go up some amount. Yeah. Uh, with the possibility that uh, the Seattle expansion really takes a year to kick in, plus a new TV deal that in, in two to four years – it could go up if ESPN get back in and things like that. Yeah. yeah, like it could it could go up. You know, we could see a ten million dollar jump across a four year period. Right. Um, but let's assume for these first two years, it's eighty one and a half. You give him four and a half million dollars. He gives you twenty to twenty five goals and forty five to fifty five points. What do you give him as a contract then? He's twenty seven years old. He's facing free agency. He's likely to get a minimum of a five year deal on the open market. How much? 
I I think you're probably looking at six. Okay. So you say so you say six million. Yep. So what's the problem? With what? The two year deal. You can get them for cheaper. I don't think there's a huge problem other than it brings him to free agency. And he can go wherever he wants. That's true. But if he likes it here and he's successful here and they're willing to increase his salary to to where he wants come free agency, then he just resigns. Why, just, why, why the, take the risk when you could go longer term and even save a little money on the side? Well, what's the what's the what is your system strengths right now? Uh, what what is your organizational system strength in terms of prospects? Forward, sure. There you go. I I so don't. What I'm saying is, you get two year. You do a two year deal. I'm laying the groundwork in case this happens. Okay. You and I. You and I have both had the conversation and have agreed that giving him a four to five year deal, sure, for five and a half million dollars. You and I would both prefer that. Yeah. But I'm saying, if they have a two year deal here and it is for four and a half million. You get a little, you're saving a million dollars each of those next two years. A million to two million if they did the six and a half you like. Well, yeah, sure, whatever. So you're saving those two million dollars that you have to spend elsewhere on your roster now. Given the salary jumps that are going to be happening, that two million dollars probably is not insignificant. So, I mean, the other side of that coin is the the million you're saving in years three and four could matter as well, but... Right. But if you're at five and a half million, so you say that, you know, the, the, the longer term deal is at five and a half million and then he gets to 27 and he gets six or six and a half million. You've lost a million dollars. Yep. But you saved two in the two years leading up to it. Is the two year deal really that bad? And again, I think from a, cap perspective no the two-year deal is mostly fine it's obviously bad if he goes two years and then he decides to go play in dallas i'm gonna go play for winnipeg and you're feeling really bad about it but look if he decides he wants to go play for winnipeg you reap what you sow buddy well if he's playing in winnipeg they probably paid him like eight million so (laughs) like i said you reap what you sow buddy (laughs) but yeah from a contract and cap standpoint i think two years would be fine Okay. Um, I just, I just, it's not something we've talked about, but because the cap situation kind of is what it is, it's going to be hard for them to commit long-term money to some of these guys. And the next two guys that we're going to talk about is why. Well, yeah, I think they're both getting long-term money probably, but I think they're both getting long-term money as well, but because the cap is staying flat, I think that they may have to hold off on longer term deals for other guys because they may not know what those numbers are right away. So here's where I think they can do the little bit of a longer term is things like Kadri's contract coming to an end and and a new hook replacing that way. You talked about the organizational depth. Uh, I Burakovsky. Is there a replacement for Burakovsky in the system? You know, you're, that's a Probably long, your long shot betting on a, a rant or a bocage there, maybe, but rant is probably a good, um, a but, better fit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, 
you're stretching a little bit. Let's be honest. If you think that that's a, a one-to-one replacement, you're projecting a big jump in either yeah. of those. Yeah. Whereas Newhook is coming. Shane Bowers as a, as a third line player coming. Martin Kaut is basically here, but yeah. those don't replace what Burakovsky brought this season. Sure. But. Okay. Sure. My thing, my thing with Burakovsky is if you can't get these other two guys done. Look, there's an order that things should be done in, right? Burakovsky is third and on this list for a reason. Right. (laughs) And that's, that's where I think it makes this the most, that's where I think he's in a sticky situation because the other guys, the other, the other lower end guys on the roster that you're talking about, you know, you can give. You know, Ryan Graves is obviously going to get a pretty hefty raise, but I think there are comparables. We've talked about Patrick Nemeth before. That's an easy, like, kind of go off of that got that contract. Nick Holden, um, yep. another guy that you can kind of go off of that, 100%. although it's a little of an outdated deal. Um, you can kind of work off of those contracts. That they yeah, have. right. Um, as just as framework for comparables, there's there's something there. And the money isn't going to be significant enough that you're fretting too much over what happens at the top. Right. Whereas Burakovsky, we're talking about four and a half million or six and a half million. That's a big difference. Yeah. That's a big difference in both the number of years that a guy is getting, because if you're giving him six and a half, if you're giving him six and a half, you're not doing that over two years. You're doing that over five or six, four or five, six, because that point you're saying we're buying out a ton of free agent years. Yep. And you're you're paying for them right yep. off the top. Exactly. Did you're committing with that? It, basically, you're asking Burakovsky to be a top six player and honestly more of a fifty-five to sixty-point player. Right. You're asking you're asking him to be a. Uh, yeah, you're asking him to be a leading man. Like yeah. he'd be complimentary because Colorado at that point will be kind of loaded. But like you're asking him to. He's, you're asking, he's you're asking him man, to be a, a, a top 30 goal scorer in the NHL. Especially as Kadri transitions out of, of that role, which is a different conversation if he stays with the abs yeah. or whatever. But you're asking Burakovsky to be the fourth guy in the forward core at that point. Yeah. You have the big three and then Burakovsky. And, you know, Newhook maybe steps into that role eventually. But Sure. But with, with Burakovsky, you would be really banking on it. Yep. Whereas a two-year deal – you're still saying, okay, we're giving you a raise. We're giving you two more years. We, we, we think that we're, we believe that you can do this, but one, we want to see it again. And two, we have another set. We have other salary problems at the top of our roster that we're more concerned about. And we're trying, we're trying to avoid boxing ourselves in with you. Yeah. So I guess at this point, it is time to talk about those other salary concerns a little bit. So we'll take our first period break here. And as you guys know, sports betting is now legal in Colorado. And DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing you all of the action whenever you want to see it, whenever you want to need it. Again, this week, UFC. This weekend, Amanda Nunes is defending her title. And UFC is basically just giving away money. As Anuna is a minus 600 favorite, they're giving you plus 500 odds on her to win for up to $10 bets. So they're basically paying for your pay-per-view of this UFC event. All you have to do is throw the bet down. Look, anything can happen. It's sports betting, but 
very good, uh, very good chance you're you're picking up a good fifty bucks from that one. DraftKings has you covered from the KBO to the UFC to NASCAR, you name it. If sports are back, you can bet on it over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNBR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to one thousand dollars and get even more money from these no-brainer odds that DraftKings is giving you. And just don't forget to enter that DNVR code. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. So, Burkowski is the third banana. Let's talk about the other forward that needs to be signed. And realistically, this one could play out over the next two years. But Captain Gabriel Landeskog's contract is up. Currently getting paid a little over five and a half million. Certainly due for a raise. But given the season he's had, that projection has been reduced a bit after the the 18-19 season where people were like, Landis God could be making eight plus million if he plays like this. We were talking about nine. If yeah. he was going to be a 30 goal guy who is a point per game, it's hard not to look at kind of what Miko got and say, well, <laughs> a little bit less than that would be yep. appropriate. Yep. And $600,000, you know, it's pretty good money for you and me, but for a guy in the NHL, it's a little bit less. <laughs> so, Less than 10%. Yeah. (laughs) That changed. It did. Um, He had a white hot finish to the season that probably salvaged this conversation for him. Started pouring him in a bit. (laughs) Because if you go, if you go and you were to look at uh, how he was doing early in the year. Yeah. He had, there was, he had like nine points, like 25 games into the season or something. Yeah, well, and then he had no assists. Yeah. And so it was it, it was a slow burn for him until the very, very end. And if my computer would ever work, I could actually <laughs> tell you what kind of a slow burn it was. Because uh, pre-All-Star game, he had 21 points in 33 games. Post-All-Star game, he had 23 points in 21 games. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Uh, the the first three months of the season that he played, because obviously he had the injury issues as well, October, December, and January, he combined for 21 points. February and March, he had 23. He had, in March, he had 11 points in six games in March. <laughs> so, like, white hot finish to his regular season to get to 44 points. Got that in 54 games right in the new year, I guess. Like <laughs> it salvaged salvaged his run of uh his his record of 20 goal seasons. Yep. Uh he has nine NHL seasons played. He has seven 20 goal seasons. Uh the two in which he did not were his sophomore season, in which he only played 36 games because of the concussions, which was also the lockout year. So it's not like he could have played significantly more than that. Yep. Um also, uh, the 16-17 season where everybody was a disaster. You, he only had 18 goals. If you prorate his seasons for an 82-game season, he was on a 20-goal pace for all of them. Yeah. So, 
pretty impressive. And it's impressive that he finished where he did this year, um, even with those 44 points in 54 games. But if you're if you're putting that across an entire NHL season, you're talking about it's much more in line with what he has done in his career at 66 points which is, you know, would be the second highest of his career, but not an exorbitantly so, as he's had a 59-point season, a 65 That guy you can reasonably expect to be five points either side of 60, basically. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, and 20 goals. Yep. He had the one big year last season, and that, that was it, and that's when we were talking about, oh, boy. So we're talking Landeskog really probably in that Anders Lee conversation, which is where I've had him for a long time. Yep. Uh, Anders Lee, pretty similar, but got $7 million uh, over, over seven, over seven years with a a no trade clause protection as well. Anders Lee notable um, has a 40 goal season under his belt. um, Yep. And, you know, that was next to John Tavares, so it doesn't count. Um, <laughs> wow, I said his name. We're getting there. Yeah, he's 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 getting there. <laughs> I said his name without flinching. Wow. Um, that was actual progress for me emotionally. Um, but like similar similar profile of players in terms of their production and captains of the team. Yep. So Lee is a touch older, but he is. Um, I by what is he? Lee is 29 right now, so he's got a couple years on it. So when you're talking about Landy, you could you could say, hey, he he's better than Lee, he's younger than Lee, he she should get more than Lee, but not significantly so. We're talking like seven to seven five. and a half, maybe at most. Yeah, yeah, seven, I think seven and a half would would be generous. Yep. But this is again where the flat cap comes in. And does it knock some of those numbers down a little bit? Yeah. Right. Because a lot of these contracts getting done are done with the idea of a flat cap or a, a rising cap. Yep. There you're looking at long-term projections and you're saying, okay, well, there's not going to be a pandemic. We're not going to have to play three seasons <laughs> in, in two years. 18 worth of months. Time. Yeah. We're not going to have all this. We're not going to lose out on, on millions and millions of dollars of revenue and then have to turn around and spend millions of dollars on virus testing and all these other things that they're going to have to do. Right. Yep. It's, it is. It's, it's an awkward situation where maybe Landis Gog and the Avs, they, they all come together and they say, look, we'd love to get this done so that we're not spending all of next season answering the question. It's not the dark cloud hanging over the organization of will Landeskog be back as right. he goes into he goes into a a walk year a UFA year, which I mean, let's be honest, I don't think that's a huge concern anyway. But you never do, and then sometimes you get there. Yeah, Some, sometimes why, you get to it. And, you why know, we have leave the opening there. for another Paul Stastny? Why yeah. leave it? Right, exactly. Um, ex- a great example, honestly, a great example. Because so, you know, if he hits the open market, teams are going to be freaking throws out. Nine million at him, and he goes, "Well, it's nine million dollars." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Boy, I like Denver, but you guys giving me seven million dollars or seven and a half million dollars, 
per year for the next seven years, yeah. I'm about to I'm about to lose out on you know nine million dollars over right. the life of this contract. Yeah. So yeah, better maybe to not let that happen. Right. But again, this is where the flat cap matters. Yep. If it's flat for a year and then they all kind of wait and see and judge the playing field and see what it looks like and then next summer and then it goes up, then okay. We're we're working off of more informed, you know. We we know we know what the future looks like a little bit better. Let's just go ahead and do this at seven million. Yep. Yeah, uh, you gotta you gotta play your cards correctly here, I guess. Right? They just what I'm what, what the kind of I guess kind of what I'm building towards here is they need to know what they're working with in a Landis cog. They need to know what they're working with with the Kale McCarr, which is next segment, uh, yep. next period topic, before they do Burkowski. I I agree with that. I I think you have to work top down, and the sooner they get Landeskog done, the sooner that they can get McCarr done, and we will get to that. But that makes Burkowski and the effect that it has on him much easier, because yep. then you know the numbers that you're working with, and you're more comfortable saying. This is we'll what give they you can those, offer. Yeah. We'll give you that extra million that we were talking about. We'll get you a five and a half for the next five years instead of doing the two years of four and a half million. It, right. It's way easier to do that when you know you have it instead of saying, well, hope that you have this extra money based on what your stars take. Pay your stars right. first. Deal right. with, uh, again, the, Burkhoff- the complication being Burkhoff's contract has expired and. Yeah. These other ones, now, right? <laughs> these other ones do not. They have the luxury of waiting another year. They do, uh, especially Makar, because he's a he's an RFA, and he has no real leverage in order to to leave the team. Whereas Landeskog, that's a ticking clock. He will have the opportunity to hear from other teams and to and to leave the organization if he wants. The only the only thing Makar can do is take another year to play like an all star to raise his stock, basically, but. We'll get into that uh, in the third period here, but uh, first, MSU Denver Online. Maybe you are looking to take uh, some classes in computing, in economy, in whatever. If you want to learn the ins and outs of the NHL contracts, I'm sure you can even take a class in sports business. MSU Denver Online has you covered with an insane amount of classes, more than 40 different programs that you can take both online and in the classroom or any mix of the two. And they offer a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classrooms and MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. Many of us here at DNVR are going to be taking classes over the summer or cool like me and, and already be graduated from that school. But either way, great school. Can't recommend it enough. Be sure to check it out. I love their online stuff. Going to school from home is like a dream come true for me. So yeah, MSU Denver online. Head it up, check it out, give it a try. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo and AJ. So, <laughs> do you just hand Kale McCarr a blank check? No, but yes. <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> no, because you don't ever want to just... Here, 
do whatever. And then he gives himself $12 million. Right. And you're like, ah, that's a lot of whatever. Love to have you for the next eight years, but who boy, you better win five Norris along the way, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you. But you start with Thomas Shabbat. Yeah. That's the absolute low end of this conversation because Shabbat is the highest paid defenseman uh, coming off an ELC onto a long-term second contract. Yeah. So that's where you begin. And that's eight million flat. It's eight million flat, but it's over eight years. Yep. So you start there, and that's with uh, Shabbat. I think his first two years. I used to know this off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, his first two years, he had eighty points in two years. Yep. And then got eight million a year. So, Kale McCarr had fifty points this year. Uh, let's just say he gets let's just say he gets 50 next year not Not, unreasonable to expect 50 we don't have to get into the rest of that yeah he gets into 65 and 75 and you're like oh well great but i mean it's it's like a great but great yeah great for the team not great for the pocketbook yeah like it's (laughs) like sorry cronkies you guys have been cheap in a lot of places but not gonna happen here (laughs) um so you're you're saying let's just say he puts up another 50 next year yep so over two years, he will he he will have a twenty point advantage on Shabbat, uh, and then of course he will also have playoff performance, which Shabbat never got. Yep, and I I don't see how nine isn't the floor. To be honest, even with the flat cap. Um. Okay. The other contract that's going to play into this is Miko's. Uh, that's exactly where I was headed as well. Because their representation can look at Miko. Yep. And this is in case something crazy does happen. (laughs) And it's, you know, he scores 25 goals and he has 85 points. Yeah. Then you're looking at it and you're like, okay. Well, he had the same sophomore year as Miko Rantanen. Yeah. Miko got 925. Where do you go? I mean, if you're Kale McCarr and and you put up Miko numbers as a defenseman, I think you're asking for 10, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Maybe 11. Maybe at that point. Maybe 11. Eric Carlson. Right. That at at a certain point uh, you are saying this is the next Eric Carlson, if he does something crazy. Now there are some interesting factors into this. Uh, one, you know, McCarr went to school for sports management, so he kind of knows his own stuff a little bit. So that I don't think was an accident. <laughs> um, at the same time. He has also been abnormally loyal. Very true. When Nodak and DU kind of started sniffing around and he'd already had a long-standing commitment to UMass. Despite the coaches leaving. Yeah, and and coming to a program that had four wins. Yep. He stuck, and not only did he do it, but he completely revitalized the program. Yeah. 
He got there, and they were coming off a four-win season. He left uh, losing the national championship. So, pretty... He did okay for himself. Pretty important college career there. (laughs) But we've talked about, you know, a a loyal dude. Yeah, for sure. And that has been, you know, how much does does that spill over into contract negotiations right we don't know because in elc he you don't really have much wiggle room there are certain things that you can negotiate here and there you sign some performance bonuses about it maybe a signing bonus but and it's like that's capped like you're there's a max you can make on those yeah you're only allowed to do so much with that you know he's only he's only allowed to put 92.5 in his pocket and it's like i think Two and a half is the max in bonuses or something. Yeah, which he got. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, really, really easy for him to just be like, well, just give me the most in these things. <laughs> right. Very easy to be like, well, we'll just give you a max ELC. And if you hit a bunch of these bonuses, then holla. And, you know, you know, you, you know what his bonuses are? I don't off the top of my head. $787,000, $787,500 if he wins the con Smythe. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting playoffs. Tell you what, <laughs> you can cash that check while Quinn Hughes wins a Calder. Hey, hey, hey. I, like, I'll, I, Quinn can have as many Calders as he wants if McCarr's yeah. winning con Smythe. Straight up. <laughs> So, um, I just looking at it, I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's interesting because it was right in front of me. But with Makar, he doesn't have to do this. Gerard did. You know, we saw Gerard did it. Yep. Uh, Landiscock did it. Yep. Both of them locked it up and said after their second career, year, yep. the organization came and said we. Love you. We want you. Let's do this. Yep. Those guys said yes. Miko said no. His representation wanted to wait another year. He did that. You know, there's a funny wrinkle I stumbled upon with that. Hit me. You know, Mike Liutz no longer his his uh, agent. Yep. I did know that. Is this because you and I have had this conversation? Possibly. <laughs> thought it was he so there were Mike Lee was the agent for a number of the big contracts last year correct and is not the agent for any of those guys anymore yep I think he retired (laughs) (laughs) said I'm done yeah and turned over all of those all of those you know he's he gets a percentage of every contract that he landed last summer yep and all of those guys moved on yeah, I just thought that was an interesting wrinkle that I stumbled upon literally halfway through this year and was was curious about and double-checked, like followed up and was like, like are hey. you sure? <laughs> like reached out to the current agent and was like, hey, are you Miko's agent? And, yep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, interesting. Anyway. The more you know. Yeah. Um, I think it's... With Makar, he he could totally wait a year. But if you're Makar, I guess my question is, what are you waiting for? 
yeah. if the abs if the abs come to you and they say we will Miko's at nine two five, Shabbat's at eight, we will give you eight seven five over eight years. What's holding you back? What how much more per year do you expect he will get? Right. Off of if he waits, year. if he waits a year, say he has a sophomore year, like we saw with both McKinnon and Landeskog and Duchesne. <laughs> Hell, even Ryan O'Reilly, he only had 26 points things, in his second year. Things can go the other way, certainly. The sophomore you... season is no guarantee of some huge breakout. In fact, there's a there's a reason they call it the sophomore slump a lot of the time. It's really been Miko. Yeah, who bucked the trend, basically. Yeah, and had the big year two breakout. But otherwise, there hasn't been a lot of guys where it's like huge step forward in year two. And he already had such a great rookie year. Even just getting back to 50 points will be an accomplishment. It's hard to score 50 points as a defenseman. It just is. I mean, what? Again, another thing in UMass, McCarr talked about his legacy there a lot. Like he wanted to be someone who turned that program around and brought him back to glory. And he essentially did. If you're the abs, do you not present that to him and say, look, we get your contract done now at a reasonable price between eight and a half and nine and a half or whatever. And that sets us up to get our other deals done and create a team that can go win multiple cups over the next four or five years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that seems like a good sales pitch to me. I, I'm not Kale McCarr, but I just I do wonder, especially especially because of the the cap wrinkle in this. If the cap is flat for two years, which yeah. is just me spitballing, sure, it's me saying what if if it's if it's flat for two years, and I think it's a reasonable expectation for that to be the case. To be honest, so do I. Um. I really do wonder, like, what does, how much more does Makar and his representation believe that they could, they could earn by waiting the extra year? Now, you know, you get into the leverage of he can hold out, but it doesn't. I don't, I don't see how. Are you having a hard time picturing Cam Makar holding out out for any meaningful length of time? Like Miko like through the preseason and didn't didn't really matter up not mattering yeah and it just if they're holding out if makar is holding out and the abs aren't matching either the abs are making a mistake or makar is asking for an absurd amount of money like yeah now this is another conversation where the the cap could put them into a weird situation we talked about it with perkowski what if makar's representation just said we only want to do two years because we want to see what happens with the cap. Yeah. What if he I, says we only want to do one year because we want to see what happens with the cap? I. This that's tough. If they only want to do it, like if they say we're not signing a long term deal, I mean you're kind of boxed in. You have to do what you have to do, right? But yeah, I, we've had this conversation about other players like Miko last year, where it's like you offer a a twenty two year old kid. 80 million dollars or something right it's like are they really gonna turn that down yeah just to see what happens yeah if you're you're offering 
if you're if you're offering eight seven five over eight years, that's it's seventy like million dollars. Million, yeah. So, so you're you're offering him. Se- <laughs> you're offering him seventy million dollars. Yeah. If he if he holds out for the two years and says, "Well, I want 80. you know, and I say hold out like he signs a bridge deal. Even then, like, what are you signing as a, on a two-year deal for that kid? What are you giving him? You're at least giving him like six. Yeah, it's not. You're not even doubling your money to to get him on the long term, right? It, it just it doesn't make a ton of sense to me to go short term. Well, okay, it makes no sense from the app's perspective to go short term. No, no, none. But it makes it, it could make sense if they wanted to. I it, I think it makes sense maybe as a bargaining chip, but to ultimately do it, I don't know. You're, I mean, you're risking injury. Yeah, you're, you're risking ineffectiveness. You're risking pandemic. Yep. Like we're seeing right now, I wonder how many agents out there are wondering. Oh man, because this is the chance that you take when you go shorter term on deals. Yep. That's tough. It. It. I mean, if I'm if I'm a car, I'm taking the seventy million. But you know, I'm not a borderline generational NHL player. So, what if they wanted it only like like Miko? Could you live with a six year deal? I could live with it. I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I think I think the Miko thing probably moved me off of that stance. Because I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much of a raise Miko will get after six years. Again, less I'm not about sure. the raise and more about the why not just be here. I'm I'm not sure how much of a how much more Makar would get six years either. It, again, the money I'm not but worried about. It's the I, six I, years takes him to free agency. Well, so eight. Right, but with eight, you're guaranteeing two more years of free agency in Colorado for Kale McCarr. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I'm not afraid of free agency like other people seem to be. I don't think it's like some big skill. Like you want guys, you want your foundational players as long as possible. But I don't think it's it's some like oh man. I think if you build a good team and you have a good program, players will want to play for you. And I've just seen that's, too many that's players that want to go get that money, man. Well, everybody wants to go get that money, but if you're if you're offering a guy, if you're offering a guy to be the highest paid among the very very highest paid at his position already through the duration of his twenties, through most of his twenties, I don't know how much of a driving factor it has come second contract. Like I don't, I, guess, I don't know, I don't know that the two years. So- my question is, if you're paying him that much anyway, why not pay the little bit extra for two years? Well, he may not want that. And, and the, look, every contract at the end of the day comes down to if the player won't sign a seven or eight year deal, then he won't sign it. And right. Like deal with it. Rantanen's camp was like they were they just said, look, we're not if you're going to if you want eight, you're going to have to pay upwards of 10. Yeah. And that was the trade off. And well, you and I were both. You know, I I would have paid ten for eight years. Yeah, 
sort of so seven hundred and fifty k extra for those extra for, for two well, more I years. I to me, it. absolutely. But but it, had it been ten and a half, like I I had it been ten and a half, had it been ten seven five. I mean, at that point, now you're talking about okay, well, this guy absolutely has to be one of the very very. He needs to be in the heart conversation. He needs to be among the very very best. You have to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. So it, it that is what it is. Um, and with Bakar, I think it's it's just tough. It is. It, it's hard, and that puts the Avs in a bit of a hard spot because it's the most important deal to them as far as solving the rest of their cap. Um, so that's kind of the situation. Uh, we are running a little bit short on time here, AJ, if you have yeah. any final thoughts. I just thought it was interesting. Um to consider what a what a, a world of what if it's a flat cap and its impact on their their contract situation top to bottom. Yep. Because it has impacts on all three of those players. Yeah, 100%. They what one person signs for definitely is going to affect what the others are going to have to work with. So and you only have so much space, especially under a flat cap. You got to be you've got to you know this this is hurting Colorado. It's not hurting them as much as it is other teams, but it definitely comes at a tough time for them. Yep. Well, one way or another, the contracts that they sign are going to be game-changing, AJ. Just like Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has now been offered in K-Cups for your Keurig, if that's your style of coffee. Of course, they still have whole bean and ground as well, and you can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout online, or even try it in various locations in and around Denver as the city has started to open up again. So, give StravaCraft Coffee a try today, and we are going to get out of here for the day as we move into our DNVR watches. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this one, and as always, we will be back tomorrow. Our avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DMPR avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DMPR avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DMPR avalanche with AJ Hayfully and Rudo. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.